Welcome to 3R Educational Solutions, the podcast that empowers educators to create thriving learning environments with social-emotional learning at the core. Hi, welcome to 3R Educational Solutions. I'm here with Cassie Hi. And, and our friend Taylor Mason. She was one of our, she was our first guest, I believe, in um, our first season. So you're super special to us, Taylor, for more reasons than just that. But um, she's joining us here to kind of talk about her first year, how it went, and kind of compare and just tell us what all she's learned. So, um, Taylor, did you you obviously survived and you came back. You're still teaching. So, how did your first year of teaching go? If you think about it from beginning to end, um, I loved it. Beginning for sure was a little bit rocky. I was in over my head for sure, not really sure what to expect and lived it day by day. But towards the end, um, with a lot of coaching and a lot of help, I got to a lot more confident and smoother days. And yeah. So, um, okay. If you were going to compare, like comparison to your first day or a few weeks of school of last year, compare it to this year. I mean, I didn't get to, I wasn't there for your first few weeks. I didn't join you until December of last year, but h- how would you compare your preparedness or your thoughts or compared to walking into your 23, 24 school year? I feel a lot more prepared this year for sure. Um, I know how to start the year off right now. And last year I didn't feel like I really did. Um, definitely just started with, like we've talked about a lot, um, having expectations, high expectations, and then also a routine that you follow from the very first day throughout the year. So they know what to expect next and they know what's coming, that sort of thing. So I feel like I started the year off right with that. And I've really um, practiced my centers a lot with my guided reading. That's been super good so far. They are knowing what to work on and they are quiet while I can do my reading group. And that's been great. Uh, Still some stuff to work on, but like they're getting in learning position. Great, respectful when other people are talking. So that's something that I learned a lot later in the year last year. So Uh, I'm excited to get that started off now. Fill us in because I remember telling you about learning position. Uh, Tell everybody what learning position is. So if they're at the carpet, they're crisscross applesauce. One of their fingers is over their mouth. And then the other hand is giving me a thumbs up and their eyes are on the speaker. So they're not talking. Their hands are to themselves and they're ready to learn. I love that. That's awesome. And they love doing it too. And so they'll sit down and do it. And then they'll a lot of times other kids will look at them and then they'll start doing it and a lot of times I don't even have to say let's get into learning position they're already doing it so it's pretty cool and so Taylor you've kind of talked about how and I want to take a second real fast before we move on and just remind everyone a little bit about Taylor last year we did or last season we did an interview with her um, because she was doing her student teaching and first year teaching all in one. So she was still going to college and finishing up um, her student teacher uh, teaching as she was 
head teacher in her own classroom, not just teaching one grade level, but two grade levels. So that's kind of why we've we've enjoyed talking with Taylor, because that's a very unique position if you're an educator. Um, I mean, my education career did not start off like that. And so it's a, it's a very unique um, position. So Taylor, what are some of like the big key things that you learned along the way? I'm like naturally very laid back and people would come, people would come in and be like, does that not bother you? Does that not bother you? You know, when they're being a little bit disrespectful, like at the beginning of the year last year. And I'm like, no, not really. Like it's fine. And then it got to be a little out of control and then pretty out of control to where it they were pretty like not disrespectful purposefully, but just that's how it was because I let it go on that way. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of like definitely this year, you know, wanted to get more control of my classroom in a positive way, not in like a I'm in charge kind of way, but just that way everybody has the best opportunity to learn and we don't have to refocus every five minutes, you know, like I have their attention and they can listen to me. So that's one thing that I really took away from last year was I've got to start off with expectations from the start, like learning position and just ways to get their attention coming to the carpet and overall, like just being able to work on something during centers, productive while I'm with small groups, that kind of stuff. I love that. I think about when I started as a teacher and there were just like times that, and it's little things that kids can do that you just kind of brush off like, okay, but it's sometimes it's little things that grow into being way bigger behaviors. And it's like, you've got to even stop the little stuff. Like you can't, exactly, especially right at the beginning, especially right now, like you can't let those little things go. Like it has to be, your expectations have to be set high and like they have to meet it there. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I I got the opportunity to observe um, and just kind of peek in and say hi in Taylor's room. It's it's fun as an instructional coach to go to all the classrooms and see all the kids and them recognize and remember me um, since I've been out of the classroom for so long. But um, I noticed learning position, show me learning position, and then we were ready to move on. And the centers, I was like, oh, yay, Taylor. Like her centers are so organized and she was prepared and just... um, even the kids that she had last year going into this year, that what did I come uh, almost two weeks in or it was like eight days in, mm-hmm. seven or eight days in. So that's like two school weeks for um, her school. But even from last year, I noticed some certain students that like she nipped it right away and they just were like and rolled on and they were ready to listen and ready to go. And it was just, it's it was great to see. That's awesome. So. Well, um, I just kind of mentioned your centers and how um, organized you were. So um, going into the first day of school, they've had a big rearrange of their rearrangement of their school. So like where the classrooms are located, like Taylor's classroom is now an office and it looks amazing. Yeah. Um, And she moved into what the library was. So she had a lot to do. But other than I mean, you can tell us a little bit about that kind of stuff, but what did you do over the summer to, I don't know, mentally prepare and then, of course, physically prepare for the school year coming up? Yeah, I didn't realize how much work it was to move classrooms. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And I got lucky because um, Whitney, who's our principal, and her fiance actually moved all my stuff into the new room for me. So that was a huge blessing because 
I mean, I had a lot of stuff in that. In that classroom was huge, my old classroom. So I did part with a lot of old stuff that wasn't used or needed at all. And then, yeah, <laughs> setting up the new room was a lot of work for sure. But I tried to just, and I mean, that we did that last winter we when we completely, me and you completely rearranged my room. And I tried to keep that look in my new classroom. It's It's different. Like, it seems... I don't know, it seems shorter, but it might be just as wide as my other one was. But I kept a lot of that same, you know, right. my table shaped in the same way. And I love that with the carpet in the middle. Yeah. And um, like as far as we did a lot of purging then, too, like it, it's hard for especially um, veteran teachers to get rid of things because you think maybe I could use this. Maybe I could use this. But um, yeah. you know, I remember coming in. Uh, to, to the school that I, you know, to this school here and like, why, why would I ever need this and just toss it? And then veteran teachers would walk by and be like, I can't believe you're getting rid of this. <laughs> I was told we weren't going to use it. So <laughs> it's just hard to part with some things, but yeah, it needs to be, needs to go somewhere because it, yeah. it, it's hard to run a classroom efficiently with a bunch of stuff sitting around yeah. and overwhelming. So yeah, are we going to sure. be there? Are we going to be there for our next consortium? I think I think we're moving it to there or Miami. Yeah, I'm not eight. sure. Oh, that'd be cool. I can't remember. Oh, um, there was talk about. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I think we were wanting to have it in Miami, but I need to talk to everybody. Um, so her classroom looks amazing. And like I said, you know, she was kind of just, you were just thrown into it last year, as Cassie mentioned, and um, not thrown into it. She knew what she's getting into, sort of. <laughs> like yeah. you really fully yeah. know what you're getting into to be honest <laughs> does anybody I definitely did not <laughs> so, I thought I did um, and I got humbled very quickly <laughs> yeah I feel like a lot of us hit that <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. so Cassie you mentioned the consortium um mm -hmm. you want to talk about that a little bit with everyone so we, yeah. we've been busy yeah, we have been very busy. There's a reason why we kind of took a little break on our podcast for a bit is we have been going and Taylor got to join us um, at the beginning of August where we did a con we did a professional development in-person training for our consortium and we did a couple different topics. I talked about routines, Angel talked about data, and we kind of did an overview of these um, a couple weeks ago when we came back. And then we talked about, you know, your vibe and that kind of thing. So Taylor, you were at that, um, that professional development day. Is there any takeaway that you can share from that day? First thing, I love learning from you too, because you guys, uh, honestly, you guys just light up the room and you're just happy, energetic, positive people. So it's just amazing to learn from you in the first place. That's just what I look for in people like... I respect that so much that are just happy. And I know that you guys aren't just there to pass the time. You want us to learn and you want what's best for us and the kids we teach. So that's, it's pretty awesome. And I know you guys genuinely love to do it, but um, on Angel's session, like we talked about assessments and how, and this was another thing for me, just a really good reminder at like the very first day, you need to start making assessments on your kids. You need to be assessing your kids in different ways every single day. And super important for me, I feel like, because my kids are so young and show so much improvement 
expect like especially first graders are learning to read so fast and um i got to keep track of all that and make sure that we're heading in the direction we need to be that way if we're not you know i can um help support each individual kid and give them what they need to continue moving in the right direction and then you know the higher end keep pushing them and the lower end giving them what they need so that's something i really took away there and i feel like that was just a really good reminder for me because i need to be doing that daily weekly just to continue to improve the way we need to improve that's awesome and and then on your session oh go ahead angel oh i was just gonna say i think um something just when i was i i was called out a four-letter word um and that's why i titled that um professional development it's not just a four-letter word but you're you're constantly collecting data on your kids that's called getting to know them so um yeah just just constantly assessing and you assess in the middle of a lesson you know you you stop and you go you know check for understanding that's an assessment so that's Mm -hmm. great i'm glad you took that away that that oh yeah i'm already doing this i just need to find a way to maybe keep track of it or how how am i going to use it moving forward Mm -hmm. and then also like the other side of that um like just as far as their attitudes and feelings for the day standing at the door welcoming them in in that way and then you kind of have an idea of oh this person's not starting the day out great so you know pay extra attention to that or this kid's super excited about today that kind of thing just always paying attention to them and yeah well and I love that like you're triaging right there at the door like as soon as they're coming in you're triaging and you're getting a quick idea of of, okay, how is this kid coming in right now? And, and that's so important because you're going to know, mm-hmm. okay, do I need to give them some more grace? Do I need to, you know, show this kiddo a little bit yeah. of love, those kind of things. So that's awesome stuff that mm-hmm. you're doing. Yeah. And it gives, and I feel like it's just also more inviting into the kid when mm-hmm. you're not, you know, sitting in your chair behind your computer, you know, when you're come on <laughs> in morning guys. Exactly. You're yeah. creating that environment that you want that, that cultivating that yeah. classroom. So, um, is there anything like move, you know, going into your second year or starting you, you're what, like three weeks in now, four weeks, is there anything that you would like to see in professional development? I mean, we're going to, our consortium is going to be with you. And then also just things to look out for, you know, if whoever's listening to this podcast might reach out and be like, oh, Hey, Taylor, there's a conference here or whatever. Is there any, any type of professional development you would look for? Or what, what do you look for in a professional development? Um, definitely people like you guys that are so awesome to learn from and, um, we'll take it. Yeah. You guys, yeah. yeah every time I'm with you guys, I love it. And I learn something new for sure. That's but awesome. I think we'll too, <laughs> I love, like, I'm really into readings, like that kind of thing, just because first grade and second grade, they're learning how to read. And I would love to do some professional development on that. Team reading. I'm taking notes here. How, yeah, like how you guys approach it and that kind of thing. Oh, I love that. What to look for. Strategies. Awesome. So, notes taken. More angels alley right there. (laughs) (laughs) I love teaching reading. That's that's my thing. I love it. Um, Music and math, you can have that. (laughs) So, um, trying to think 
so reading strategies, um, you know, and there, there are ways, I think since COVID, we talk a lot about pre-pandemic and post-pandemic and, you know, I'm trying to kind of get away from mentioning that every time or all the time, but it's really a thing. I don't think that conferences have been really pushed and I shouldn't say pushed, but, um, mentioned as much because with for so long after that we were just keeping our head above water and that's kind of one reason we created the consortium is um you know we can go to these places and bring it back to you and that was my job as an instructional coach we would go to conferences and bring it back to our faculty and um so that's why i'm asking and you know what you look for your young person we want to keep you there's a big push for teacher retention so um you know, saying, I, I want to know more about reading strategies. That's what you love. So specifically mm-hmm. looking for specific strategies for young teachers who haven't taught reading um, for a long, you know, very long. So yeah. definitely yeah, things sure. we want to keep in mind to look for. Can I throw something out there too? Absolutely. If, if you're <laughs> listening and you're like, well, I've been looking for professional development on um, blah, blah. Uh, shoot us an email. Let us know what you're looking for professional development on because we are expanding our base and we are finding people from all over, which if you've been listening, we kind of talked about this last week. We've been finding people from all over in all different areas of expertise. And so if there's something you're like, I really want to know more about that, um, shoot us an email. We'll see if we can help you out there. So anyways, there's my little point. Okay. Yeah, no, we, and Taylor, I was going to mention this to you um, anyway, some somewhere in this conversation and to our group of um, teachers in our consortium, but we have really expanded. I'm so excited about our team. Um, They're from all over the United States and we have some Mm -hmm. great, highly qualified individuals. We have some information coming out about AI, which is just mind blowing and, you know, it's going to be a part of our world. It's sort of like Taylor wasn't born yet, but there was a little pushback about the Internet, about connecting people mm-hmm. and in all that when when that came out. And so now it's going to be even deeper into that, you know, technology is AI and how are we going to use it and teach kids to use it mm-hmm. effectively and appropriately? Um, so, yeah. That's going to be a big thing. And I think that I think it's going to get younger and younger and younger because it's just part of our world. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Siri is AI. Mm-hmm. I can't say the other one's name because she, she's sitting on my desk. On. She'll start. <laughs> yeah. She'll say hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? We're talking about. Um, yeah. Just professional development. Looking for, yeah. 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 Like so plug for 3R. We have a mm-hmm. lot of things coming up that we're really excited for. Okay. So Taylor, to go back to you, (laughs) Uh, what are some of the things you're looking forward to implementing or seeing the results of as you move through this school year, since you're kind of starting it with a little bit more of a a knowledge base, you're starting off right. What are some things you're really hoping to see? Um, It's super fun for me to see, like, because first graders, like we talked about earlier, like they grow so much through the year. So it's really fun to see their reading just take off. And like a lot of times, like for my class anyway, they don't love to start reading at the beginning of the year, you know, and then like you're because I have the combined grades. My second graders love reading. And so it's fun to see them gain that confidence throughout the year and just become better readers and really understanding what they're reading and getting excited about stories. And mm-hmm. I love to see that. And yeah. 
That's awesome. So I have a question. So since um, you do two grade levels, do you have some of your first graders from last year as second graders now? Yeah, actually all, all of them. So there's seven second graders and five first graders. Oh, that's awesome. And See, they're, me, yeah, they're an amazing class and yeah, I'm super lucky to have them and they've really, it's cool when like a lot of the expectations they learned last year. So they're kind of the classroom leaders and they know the drill for the most part. There's definitely some things I changed, but you know, they know, and they know me and they're comfortable around me. And the first graders are kind of a little bit scared of me, you know, when we start the year, but <laughs> they know the drill. So that's cool. Well, that's what, that's what I was just thinking. It was like, at least there you've got that. And it's probably a cool experience too, just getting to see their growth, not just through one grade level, but through two grade levels and getting to see them grow yeah. all the way through that. Like that's gotta be a fun experience. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. So I've always been interested. That's what kind of, um, I'm glad you mentioned that Cassie. Cause when I was teaching, it was like, I really wanted to be a part of a looping class where you had them like say third grade and fourth grade. And then, um, you got a new group and you had them again, third grade, fourth grade. I always thought that would be fun. And I've heard, you know, I visited some schools when I was interested in that was, and when they were contemplating that here, um, that you save so much time in going over expectations and going over uh, routines because you can add in one or two and just remind them. And then you zoom right into learning that fourth grade year or whatever. So yeah. I was always interested in that and, and, um, wondering how effective that would be. And, you know, if, if some, if a kid didn't mesh with the group or the teacher, which happened, you know, sometimes personalities just don't get along or whatever. Um, then, then that could be the one student or the uh, one or two students move out of there. But I always thought it would be really cool. So that's one thing I do like about this small little consortium is those schools that get to kind of, you kind of loop with them. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, as a music educator, I mean, I had them third, fourth, and fifth. And so by the time I had my fifth graders, I mean, I'm like, you know how to act, act better. Like, you know what is expected in here. Yeah. And you just build that to where yeah. at that point, they're like, they know they're, you've built that relationship. You've had those many years. So yeah, it's always kind of fun. To yeah. <laughs> you think about that, Cassie. Yeah. Your specials teachers, you get to have them more often and you kind of know their, their little honoriness or their quirks mm -hmm. or what they like and don't like. And mm -hmm. yeah, that'd be really fun. Um, so I, I guess we're almost, we're winding up here. Do you have any advice for first year teachers for like normal, um, situation, first year teachers and anyone doing what you did? Cause I know there's still some out there doing the same thing, like student teaching and teaching at the same time. Um, I think just not being afraid to ask for help and being coachable is to me the main thing. Um, just finding the right people that fit kind of what you want to accomplish for sure. Um, and it can be multiple different people for multiple different things. I think like uh, if somebody, if you really like how someone treats kids, be around them, watch them, see how they treat kids. Or if somebody's really good at teaching math, try to, you know, pick their brain about teaching math, just find like-minded people or people to push you to be better that you can take a lot away from and build relationships with those people. 
Ah, that's great advice. I know. I love that. The word you used was coachable. And I'm like, yes, like that is, that's the word. Cause you got to be coachable. Cause I feel like mm -hmm. when we're in college, the classes we take prepare us to yeah. an extent, but really you learn a lot on the job. And if you're not coachable, then that's, that's going to be a struggle. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. And sometimes you I know, feel like people just don't like, I don't know. It's like, you can't, like, it's not that you're not trying to be coachable, but like, just from what I see, sometimes it's like, you won't, you can't admit to not being perfect. Or I don't even know if that's the right word. Like, you want to seem like you're doing a good job, even though like your principals, your instructional coaches, like they're there to help you and they want to help you. Like, it's not to tear you apart when you are getting coached. It's to make you a better teacher because they want what's best for you. And I think when you can realize that, like, you know, you're going to get better. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, that's exact. I was going to say the same thing. That's super mature. And as an instructional coach, that's one thing I always go in. I'm like, first of all, I'm not here as a got you. I am here. Oh, I got you. I got your back. I'm going to help you, but I'm not, it's not a gotcha. Like, ah, I got you yeah. messing up and I'm going to tattle on you. That right. is, should not be what you're there for as an instructional coach. You're mm -hmm. there to make the teacher's job easier to mitigate stress to, you know, let them know we've all been there. And, um, you know, it, and even as a veteran teacher, I pick up some things from new teachers and I'm like, Oh my God, that's awesome. That's amazing. You know, how, why didn't I think of that? Or, um, it, you know, if I, like I had to teach math, I went to our math teachers, like, you're going to have to show me how to do that. <laughs> how do I teach this? So absolutely. I think that's just a, a great, uh, advice for not just young teachers, but veteran teachers too. I'm going to tell you what, when this AI stuff comes out, the, the new teachers are going to be the ones who pick right up on it. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't label, but there's going to like, if I were still there in the classroom, I'd be like, you guys are going to have to show me how to do this. <laughs> or, you know, yeah. class is already here to show me. And you know, there's not 20 years age difference. There's quite a bit, but <laughs> I just, it's just not something that, you know, excites me, but you get kind of stuck in your way. So being coachable is great advice for anybody in any profession. So yay. Good job, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> great advice. <laughs> I just think about like how much I like my morning routine, for example, like how much it changed with your help. And now it's like just easy and it, even if the kids don't start the best morning, like it just kind of soothes them into the day like everybody seems happy after our morning routine and like they're still learning because we're doing you know our calendar and we're doing our poem of the week and shared reading and it just starts the day off right like if I wouldn't have you know if I wouldn't have learned all that last year I would just still be counting to 130 every morning <laughs> uh so I'm la we laugh at that because I think it was like the second time I observed and I'm like, is there a rule that you have to count to 130 every morning? And Taylor was like, I don't know. I just did someone. I think someone mentioned it to you or something. I don't remember. And I was like, maybe not every morning, you know, once they can count to a hundred, it's pretty much, I think they got it. Oh, um, like during circle time, like that kind of, yeah. oh, I got yeah. you. And they were like, and it was so like every day. 99, 100, 101, <laughs> oh. 102. And I was like, oh, 
this is tough for I me. Know. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm so glad you can laugh about it because there are some things I'm sure I did. And I, I kind of look back on some things and I can't name them right now, but I remember going, what the heck was I thinking? You know, just because <laughs> like there used to, I used to have posters on my wall and I'd be like, oh, well, I got to go over this poster because it's here. But I was like, why, why, who told me I had to go over this poster? You know, it was just yeah. in my classroom. So I hung it up because <laughs> they must need to know it. <laughs> The things we all do. It's so funny. But yeah, it and it is I, you know, and you can have you can still have routine and be flexible. It sounds like it's an it's contrasting advice, but absolutely have a routine, but be flexible. So like, you know, maybe you were running late because you had an assembly that morning and you didn't get the weather report and you just go okay guys we're gonna have to skip the weather report today and counting by fives we're gonna roll right right into the date and our poem what do you Mm -hmm. feel is the most important about your morning routine and i honestly in first and second grade i think your poem because that's kicking off your reading and songs are hit and counting by fives or whatever Mm -hmm. so there are some things that can wait you know weather report can wait till tomorrow Mm-hmm. Look outside. Oh, look out the window. <laughs> yeah. The weather report today is go look out the window and then we're done. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but anyway, I, I don't want to like, I know we try to keep it um, down to a certain time. So teachers can listen to this. Educators can listen to this, you know, on their um, plan time or they're driving to school or drive home um, or waiting for your kids in the parking lot after practice or something. But thank you so much, Taylor, for sharing so much with us and being candid about it. And um, we're just excited to work with you again. I'm so glad that I get to work with you more. So that being said, watch for some PD coming out on our website because we have there's a couple of free ones up there. And and those are going to be like lead ins to um, courses your school or you you can personally sign up for. So, um, yeah. It's going to be, I'm excited. Our first team meeting is coming up and we're all going to meet each other and, and find out what's going to be offered at 3R. Yeah. It's exciting. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining us. And thank you. Hearing how your year goes. Yeah. Thanks Taylor. Yeah, me too. If you guys want to know more about 3R Educational Solutions, look us up at 3reducationalsolutions.com or you can email us at 3reducationalsolutions at gmail.com. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's conversation, join us every Wednesday for more conversations about what's happening in today's educational world. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can find more information about what we offer at 3reducationalsolutions.com. That's the number three, letter R, educationalsolutions.com.